In the spring of 2021, Mickey Weems was diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer and was given 6 to 12 months to live. This episode was recorded in May of 2022. My name is Donna Blanchard. While we recognize that Mickey is dying, we'd like to welcome you to another day of his life. Hello, Mickey Weems. Aloha, Donna. Aloha, Aloha. everybody else. What emotions are you feeling right now? Um, anticipation. <gasps> because of what we're going to talk about today? Yes. I'm so excited. Do you, how, how can I lead you in or can I just say you have the floor? Um, yeah, I, I, I can take it okay. from here. Um, I made a discovery yes. uh, that um, because I, I have this really bad chocolate addiction that I'm fighting against because it, it, it does not help with the body beautiful. Um, so what I did was I learned that what you can do is you can take a, cho- a chocolate brownie, which is probably my, my bane, take a chocolate brownie. And what I do is I'll chew it, but I don't swallow. So the secret is do not swallow. Oh no. Yep. Oh. And I spit it back out. Oh no. <laughs> what about a brownie made with like almond flour and stevia sweetened? Isn't dark chocolate good for you? Dark chocolate is good for me. Maybe that's why I crave it. Because I do, I crave it. Um but yeah, so that's that that is but I found I I remember that that was also a Buddhist practice. That if you wanted to overcome the pleasures of the flesh, you take delicious food and you chew it, then you spit it back out in your hand and you look at it. And you think oh. that was what I was being tempted by. And that's supposed to like um, give you incentive to, you know, to renounce the joys of the world and go into the, 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 uh, the salvific path of the Buddha. Oh, my God. Okay, I just want to say to all the teenage girls out there who don't think their bodies are good enough, so they don't want to swallow any of their food. You swallow your food. Yeah. Don't listen to me. <laughs> you got a growing body. You're menstruating or getting there soon. You need you need to eat. This is this is a this is a religious practice. Let's yeah, exactly. And trust me, I eat. <laughs> yeah. This, is, this this is only for food that I I can't resist, but I know that I should. Okay, I I remember seeing a movie, and I've I thought about this film so many times. I wish I could remember what it was, what it was called. Um, it was a, a Native American um, grandfather and grandson, and the grandson has to uh, his coming of age. He has to prove himself in various ways, and one of them is he has to have a mouth full of water and run up a very steep hill. And the grandson says, "Oh, then I have that water to refresh me when I get to the top," and the grandfather said, no, you must run back down with it still in your mouth and spit it out when you get to the bottom. And it was a measure of strength and uh, control over oneself. Mm-hmm. So it's somewhat similar to that. Oh, I just feel so bad for that chocolate brownie, though, Mickey. <laughs> I want you to eat the brownie. <laughs> it- it fulfilled its function because it tasted great. You get the flavor of it. You get the flavor of it. You get the residual. You still got to brush your teeth after. So you're getting at yep. least that from it. Yep. <laughs> I, okay. Well, I, 
uh, that is admirable that you. Uh, that I don't swallow? Uh, that you don't. <laughs> well, hey, honey, <laughs> not all it's cracked up to be anyway. <laughs> but yeah, that you are so, I, and I mean, we'll have pictures on the website. Mickey's oh, not, not of chewed com. food, though. Not of Don't chewed worry. food, but of <laughs> Mickey's beautiful body. You clearly, oh, it's shucks. important to you. <laughs> you True. have put a lot of time and effort into maintaining a beautiful physique. And it, it is admirable that you're that devoted to it. That, um, you know, a lot of people would say, screw it, I'm dying. I'm going to eat the damn pan of brownies if I want but that's mm-hmm. not the way you want to live for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and I, I allow this basically um, rampant vanity. I allow it because first of all, I think it's funny and mm-hmm. it, it keeps me busy and it, it gives me incentive to lift. It gives me incentive to try to make, make the best that I can of myself. But I also know that in doing so, I am making myself, for a lot of people, a mythic figure. They mm-hmm. see me and they see that I'm 64 and they go, wow, you know, that, that I, 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 in some ways I become otherworldly to them. And that, that helps me spread the message of the things that I, my legacy, what I want to leave behind, then, you know, even, you know, all, all the better. And so far it's been working. Um, I, I was telling Noel this the other night. I said some people at asylum, at, excuse me, at, at, at the at the after hours club. Wait. Some people at the after hours club kind of they, they treat me like I'm a saint. And you know, I, I said I might, I might, I just might actually be a saint, but I'm a horny saint, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like any any saint that I've read about in, in like the lives of the saints or anything. So you know, I'm, I'm still human, all too all too human, as Kierkegaard says. Um, and I, 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 vanity is, believe it or not, part of my humility. Um, the, the two work hand in hand. It's like, um, in order for me to be truly as vain as I want, as I, as I, as I, as I aspire to be, I have to be humble. Because if I'm not, then I'm not the superior person that I think I am. How twisted is that? That's really twisted. Can you explain that in another way? <laughs> okay. Um, humility is a strength. Humility means you put others before you before you put you know before you put yourself. Humility you listen to others. You um, you don't think that you deserve more than anybody else. And if you are truly vain, if you truly think highly of yourself, you would want to be humble. Because that, that's the sign of greatness. The you know that that was a sign of, of Jesus. That Muhammad had that. The Buddha had that. You know, with that incredible egos that all that all of them had. At the same time, mm-hmm. they were incredi- in, just incredibly humble people. So, according to the what we have about them, okay. So, you know, the measure of greatness is not in what I think of myself, but in what others think. And if I'm an arrogant okay. jerk, that people are going to think that. The only the only reason I take pause in that is when you're concerned about what other people think. 
you know, people will come for you because for their own reasons, having nothing to do with your behavior, sometimes mm-hmm. that yeah. does happen. And we've seen that happen. We've, yeah. we've talked about that with the person that doubted that I had stage four. Um, at the same time, um, how else can I gauge where I'm at except through the love of the people around me and the love that I give them? That lets me know where I'm at because they will let me know and they have let me know when I am off the rails, when I am not behaving properly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do have to pay attention to people because I cannot do this by myself. Mm. Well, and we're we're here. We're living proof that we love you. You're doing amazing things for all of us. I, I'm Susan has a question for you. Sure. Suddenly Susan? she can't find the <laughs> unmute. Sorry, button. I was trying to, get my, <laughs> I didn't know I was going to ask it personally. I was, I was, I was wondering, um, you know, when you were talking about uh, the temptation of the brownie, you know, and how disciplined you are as an, <laughs> as an eater, really, you know, in general, like what would a day in the life, if you, if you were kind of just, here's my, healthy the regular way that i would approach food what would a day in the life of eating be for mickey okay currently that means getting up and having cereal low-fat cereal with skim milk that's the first thing and uh and coffee instant coffee which is blended with skim milk um that that's what i start with then i go on to oatmeal with fruit and raisins and nuts if i have them and I also eat handfuls of nuts too, which is a protein source, but it's also a fat source. But I understand it's a good fat source, so it's okay. Um, for lunch, I try to have meat. And for dinner, I try to have meat of some kind or another. Currently, I have a big thing of tuna fish and egg mixed together, hard-boiled egg. And Noel put apple and onion in it, which really tastes good. I mean, I didn't think those, that, would, that the taste combination would work. It works. Oh, And I yeah. have... Um, yeah, I have low-fat mayonnaise in that, so it's a little bit of fat, but it's nothing major. Um, I also eat um, pork rinds. Those are the, but I have like I limit myself to like five big ones or nine small ones. If you if you've seen a bag of pork rinds, you'll I think you get what I'm saying. Yeah, um, you can eat the the big ones or several bites. Yeah, the big ones take a bit. Um, or there are multi-grain chips that I'll eat too. Once again, just just five of them. Uh, because that will give me just a certain amount of fat, but not a whole lot more. Um, I'm now getting to why I eat white rice. I prefer brown, but I'm starting to look at rice just as a as a great food now. It took years <laughs> of being around people of Japanese descent to finally catch that wave of rice. Um, <laughs> and now, yeah, now, I, yeah, I, I love it. But I put shoyu on it or whatever, and yeah, I'm I'm eating it. Do you have a calorie range? No, that I you look at, or no, just just look at the food. Yeah, the the real problem right now is making sure I eat because I don't eat enough. Do you? Is it because you don't have an appetite? Yeah. So I got to got to force myself to sit down and eat. Uh, I so here in Hawaii we have uh, medical cannabis. Do you uh, has your doctor prescribed that for you to help? I haven't asked for it. Um, not really interested. It, mm-hmm. I've, I've tried gummies and stuff like that. And smoking is not something I enjoy. But uh, the gummies can be fun. But it's like, 
Doesn't really increase my appetite. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> uh, and I and maybe you don't want to increase your appetite because you don't want to be tempted by brownies, which would <laughs> probably be really good after a gummy. A couple I, hours I, after a gummy. <laughs> I do want to increase my appetite. Oh. I just don't want to eat brownies. <laughs> well, I do want to eat brownies. I just don't think I should. There oh. we go. That's, gotcha. that's, that's, the, that's the thing. Okay. Uh, th- when that sounds like a very healthy diet, are, are there any foods that your doctor has recommended you eat more of? Negative. Um, I don't eat a lot of sugar. Actually, I don't eat any sugar if I can help it. The sugar that I get will be from fruit. Hmm. What about green tea? I've heard that it, it, at least at one point in time, I had a friend who was working on an oncology ward and she said, everyone who came in, the doctor said, start drinking a pint of green tea every day. Nothing like that. I love green tea. I have not. I'm not, I'm not started drinking it though. Cause usually what it was is my, my niece would come in with the Arizona tea, right? She'd get the, get the green tea, mm-hmm. but, um, I think Arizona has a green tea, yep. uh, but, um, it's always sweet. So there's sugar in it. So I try to avoid it. Yeah. Well, and I used to think when mm-hmm. I heard that, so why aren't doctors just telling us all it, it, they used to say that it would help shrink or keep cancer from growing. So I thought, well, why then if that's true, why aren't doctors just telling us all to drink green tea from, you know, as soon as we're weaned off the bottle, I don't know. Okay. Uh, so the brownies, did you have any other amazing discoveries over the last few days? In the last episode, we talked about, uh, Popoki. Right. And, uh, dancing with him and, and sleeping with him and, uh, naming him and all of that. Um, and you had over the weekend, you had your two days of dancing at the club. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Of, I'm curious how many people you normally see there and how many people you know. Um, I suppose I know about 100 people all together that go to that club. Oh. oh. Over, over the years that I've been going, that, that, that I could probably, probably if I really thought about it, I, I could name 100. Uh, some of them show up, some of them don't. The regulars that I see, I would say probably 20, 25. And it's always good to see them. They're always real pleasant. They're always happy to see each other. Um, I, t- I, t- I tell them, uh, like, like I'll, I'll come in the door and I'll, 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 I'll see the person at the door and I'll say, hey, how are you doing this evening? I, no, I'll say, it's good to be home. Mm. And they'll smile because they know exactly what I'm talking about. There's, there's a feeling of family um, that is... Is it this um it may be a temporary family that is only you know activated during those hours for the most part, but it, it, sometimes it can extend. You can you can see them at out outside of the club scene, but most of the time that that's basically where you see them. You, they are your family when you go into the club because you're going into a safe space that you all share and they know you and they appreciate you, and you got each other's back during the entire during the what five or six hours that you're together. So what have you, what have you changed? You, I mean, you, you sleep more. 
you you talked about your attention span is uh, maybe I don't know if you said attention span, but you, you, you're how how else has your life changed since your diagnosis? Right, my thought processes have changed, and at first I thought it was might have been because of COVID or because of the cancer, and now I realize no, it's just that I'm more impatient. I just don't uh-huh. have the time to put into certain things anymore. For example, like academic papers. Um, I will finish up the ones that I've started and that will be it. I won't do any more new ones because I have a feeling that if I really want to make a mark, I'll do this comic book. I'll do this podcast. I'll make some music. Um, that will be the mark that I will leave because it's more accessible. If I do something academically, the only people that are going to see it are other scholars for the most part. And I'd rather do something that anybody could, you know, could get joy from. Oh, by the way, something happened at the club. So when I, I gauged myself by my ability to lose myself in music. So when I go out dancing, one of the, one of the things I look for is to see whether or not that still happens. Um, and it's kind of a sign to me just, you know, how close I'm getting to the point of departure. Um, I was at the club the, that night and the DJ put on a couple of songs in a row that were just so hot. They, and I got, I got what was like, what I call the fire of God was in me. And it, I could feel it shining out of my eyes. And I think it can, can everybody see that I'm glowing because this song is just really just, it's, it's setting me off. Then moves are coming from me that I wouldn't normally have. And I looked around and other people had the fire of God in them. So it's one of those really cool moments on the dance floor where everybody kind of raises up to a higher level. And you look at each other and you know that the other person is feeling what you feel. That mm-hmm. is, that is, it, it makes life good. Moments like that. Amazing. Have you, uh, since your diagnosis, have you met anyone uh, it, it, at a similar s- stage of um, having cancer? Do you have any, any mutual support? with someone else in your predicament? Yes, my friend uh, Ralph, who I have known since 1976. He's the one who was the comic book character Fade. He's an African-American friend of mine from Berea College. We grew up within 10 miles of each other in Alabama. We didn't even know it. Oh. We met at Berea College in Kentucky, and he is, a, he is also going through prostate cancer. Is he doing more treatment than you are? He said that if he had known that chemotherapy was going to do the things it did to him, he would he would have thought twice about doing it, even though it did most likely extend his life. Did he opt for chemotherapy before you made your decision? Yes, he's had it longer than I have. Okay, and and you were saying it, it didn't treat him well. No, the the. Um... Physiological effects were catastrophic, and he told me that if he had known it would be that bad, he would have thought twice about doing it. Oh, I'm so sorry for him that he's gone through that. It has prolonged his life. I assume so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We don't. You don't know until you, you know. And once you make the commitment, you, you, there's no going back. I guess is there. You can, but then here's the, here's the devil's bargain. 
you do chemotherapy and you weaken your body immensely. I mean, even the targeted radiation weakens my body. But the, the benefits are pretty quick and they're, they show. With chemotherapy, from what I've talked with people, sometimes you have benefits, sometimes you don't. Sometimes the chemotherapy is so harmful that the person undergoing it just says, I can't take it anymore. And they just say, okay, if it means that I die faster, so be it. Mm-hmm. That was the one thing I wanted to avoid because it also is massively de- debilitating. There, there's no way that you can lead a, anywhere near the kind of life that I that I enjoy. Um, if I were on chemo, hormonal has its own issues too. That nothing comes without a price. That's just the way it is. Um, and um, I pretty much let my doctors know what I was willing to pay. Well, and that's important to note that it's it's everyone's conversation with their doctor and with themselves, to, because I'm sure there are people who have gone through chemotherapy and have been glad for the extra time that they've gotten, or they haven't been hit as hard as some. Yeah. Yes. And some of them get cured. I mean, you know, if you catch it soon enough, chemo can be miraculous. Friend of mine, another friend of mine with prostate um cancer um got chemo and he's he's now um what do you call it? in remission he has no issues oh wow your cancer had already metastasized by the time you got your diagnosis so that wasn't the lilies were blooming yeah mm. i'm sorry but we have to wrap up okay. for today thank you so much mickey you're welcome donna I'm Donna Blanchard. James Charisma is our producer. Susan Wright is our content advisor, PR agent, and support team member. Music generously donated by Kainani Kahaunaele from her Hoku Award-winning album, Waipunale. We're all here to support our friend Mickey and help him help all of us to learn about living while dying. <laughs>